Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose, regardless of self-doubt and what others think. As your host, I'm your human connector. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to my superhuman network, a network of 20-something-year-olds, as well as a sprinkle of some older ones who have truly enriched my life by sharing tools that have helped them to navigate their 20s in order to get closer to their dreams. These relationships and conversations have had a deep impact on my personal and spiritual life, allowing me to create my very own syllabus. On each episode, one superhuman will share their breakthroughs, aha moments, as well as the resources that have helped them to find peace, knowledge, energy, and success in their 20s. At the end of each episode, a guest speaker will leave you with several syllabus steps and homework to practice and embody in between each month's episode. I challenge you to digest these stories and allow them to help you curate your very own syllabus, whether that's related to career, personal development, spirituality, love, you name it. We're in this process together, working together towards creating a personal syllabus that is unique to our souls. At the end of each month, we will have a new written step direction, and a conscious goal to work on. So when we get to the end of a regardless season, we have seasoned. Alrighty, let's get to work. Ready? Let's do it. Awesome. Hi, my superhumans. Welcome back to Regardless, You've Got This, the syllabus for your 20-something soul, the syllabus you really never received in college. So for today's episode, we are getting pretty deep um, as this topic can be extremely challenging and perhaps a little bit uncomfortable to talk about. Um, You know, this topic is something that may hit home for some of you listening. And, you know, the reason for why I really wanted to talk to all of you about this is because I want you to know that you aren't alone. There is an answer, a support system, and it's right here on Regardless. I also believe that it's really essential that we 20-somethings talk about sexual abuse, harassment, and maybe even what it's like to be raised in a broken home and how that may have an effect on our lives. You know, we must all be educated and really know where we can receive the right tools, resources, and support system to really overcome these adversities. We all need to know that together we can rise above these difficult times, experiences, and really continue to shine regardless of trauma and remember that it's not our identity nor story. So I am so excited for this heart to heart today. Let's please give a huge, beautiful and warm welcome to artist, yogi, meditation teacher, entrepreneur, and content creator, the one and only Mickey Ash. Ah, just a gorgeous soul. Mickey's work and social presence are all fueled by the essence of truly feeling good and how to make yourself and your well-being a priority. Mickey preaches that it's really up to us to make time for ourselves. Mickey also has an amazing application called The How. It's one of my absolute favorites um, because it's really a sacred space filled with tools and practices to uplift and empower us. The How is ultimately a collection of wellness practices conscious conversations, tutorials, guided meditations, workouts, and everything else, we really need to create a daily self-care ritual that uplifts us and elevates us. Through Mickey's app, her presence on all platforms, she really you know, embodies on how we can create that we want the life that we want to live. At just 30 years old, Mickey leads and we follow, and that's exactly <laughs> why. Mickey is a superhuman on episode 10 uh, regardless, you got this. Mickey, welcome, babe. That was so beautiful. Thank you, Skylar. <laughs> I'm so happy that you you liked your little intro. I loved it. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me here and for 
just creating this space to have real conversations yeah. and get down to the nitty gritty. And like you said, just provide the information that we all were seeking and didn't know where to go to find it. Absolutely. And that is one theme that I think we can all relate in terms of being 20 something. And I know that you're 30, but your 20s were just like, maybe less than a year ago. Um, and I know that we have a lot to learn from you, but I'm just so stoked to have you. Um, Mickey and I actually had the pleasure of speaking together on the South by South by panel this year in Austin at the wellness house. And we spoke about like how CPG brands can work with influencers and it's totally different of what we're talking about today, but, um, just immediately your presence was so awe-inspiring and I'm like this girl I need her on regardless um and I'm just so excited to share the mic with you again today and I'm just ready to just just get into it and learn from you let's get into it I just want to tee this episode up with kind of understanding like your regardless um because your story is so phenomenal really heart aching and inspiring and you know I'm really confident that a lot of other 20-somethings and older will be able to really relate with you on the deepest level so, you know, really, regardless of the adversities that you did face, you're here, you're thriving, you've created this amazing community on social, and you're a teacher and you're a guide for, you know, thousands and thousands of people. And it's so cool to see how you didn't really let this one horrific experience define you nor stop you from showing up as who you are today. So mm-hmm. I really want to get into, you know, maybe what it was like for you growing up, like maybe what did your upbringing look like and ultimately what inspired you to make your well-being a priority? Yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up in LA. My parents were not together when I was born. I was an accident. Okay. (laughs) Already from inception, it's just not your traditional, you know, entrance into the world. Um, and my dad, he got remarried or he got married because my parents weren't together when I was a year old to this woman who did not want me to be a part of the family. And even as a baby, you know, just receiving that like unwelcome feeling in, in your own home. Um, that being said, my mom, she was amazing, raised us as a single mother, but her own past traumas, of course, affect her relationships and her partners that she chose. So as I got older, I wanted to understand kind of like why I was having bad relationships. And so I started doing a lot of digging into my childhood and I came to understand that we really recreate the relationships that we witness as children, whether we're aware of it or not. It's very subconscious and our belief systems are developed in the first seven years of our life. So Mm. most of the time we're not consciously choosing our beliefs because we're children and we're absorbing everything around us. So I had two parents who were supportive and they loved me so much but their relationships were both totally abusive and unhealthy and toxic. And that's what I saw as the definition of love growing up. So just from a very early age, I understood love as very toxic and I didn't have healthy relationship examples. And so as I, you know, became an adolescent, my relationships were very unhealthy and I chose partners who did not give me the love that I deserved. They gave me the love that I thought I deserved, which in my mind was like, you know, I give everything and receive nothing or that abuse is okay or that cheating is okay. And I just, you know, I saw these things unfold before me and I mean, I love my parents. I know that you know, they're their best and I've forgiven and done all that good work. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of work. (laughs) I learned the hard way. So it was challenging um, kind of having that be my foundation, but I got to a breaking point after a string of just like toxic relationships with people who were just unhealthy, myself included. Um, And I got to a breaking point where it was just like, okay, enough is enough. 
thankfully. I mean, I learned the lesson and now I can say that I'm in a super healthy and happy and loving relationship. But yeah, it all really started from, you know, this love I witnessed as a child and thinking that that's how we give and receive love. Mm. Yeah. What, how old were you when you kind of got to that breaking point or aha moment where you had enough? So I, when I, I was young, I was like 23 and I was in a relationship with somebody who was like 15 years older than me. He was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and, um, I, yeah, it was really tough living with him during that time because when we started dating, he was sober. I didn't even know that he struggled with alcoholism until he relapsed. And then it was like, I, he, you know, it's when you're an alcoholic, you're very manipulative by nature because Absolutely. it's a disease and you want to protect it and you're defensive. And so, you know, he was like, you can't tell anybody. And so I couldn't talk to family or friends. I didn't know how to deal with what I was going through and him, you know, trying to help him, trying to be there, but also just like losing myself completely. And that wasn't the first time that I completely lost myself in a relationship because I thought I had to give everything away to my partner without having any kind of healthy boundaries or without, you know, um, fostering my friendships Mm. or my personal interests. But that one was like, it was like a year of going through the the relapse and then the sobriety and that little glimmer of hope thinking things are going to get better. Yeah. Things are going to change this time. And then, you know, the time in between the sobriety just got smaller and smaller and smaller and it just came to a head. And like, I was so miserable and so depressed and like oh, absorbing all of that. And, you know, he's a good person. It's just yeah. like deal with that I didn't have the tools within myself and so yeah after that I realized like things need to change that's a lot yeah it was a lot that's actually the catalyst that um I found meditation through through the end of that tragic relationship yeah that's beautiful I mean out of it. <laughs> yeah, I think at all like relationships that don't work out, whether it's friendships or romantic relationship, there's always a silver lining. And at, le- at least for me and all yeah. of my experiences, even though it was not nearly as challenging or devastating as a relationship you were in, um, it's always like a catapult to just working on yourself and leveling up mm-hmm. and figuring out, you know, what it is that in me that I need to bring attention to. And just really focus on because you put so much of yourself into a relationship and especially someone who, you know, is an alcoholic, it's, it's up to them to change and it's up to them to get the support that they need. And you have no power over that, which is so devastating sometimes, you know, I mean, it's, so it's a lot. At the end of the day, like we're all responsible for our own healing and all of the experiences that we go through, whether they're traumatic or not. Like I had a role to play in that. I was allowing that behavior to happen until I no longer allowed it. And I was the one who had to make the change. But I think that personal responsibility is such a huge and empowering factor in all of the, you know, this heavy topic that we're talking about of like sexual abuse and traumatic relationships. It's like, we're so, it's so easy to be a victim and to blame, but you're the common denominator in every experience of your life. And on some level, you had something to do with creating that. And I did too. When, whether it was my bad relationships, like on a deep level, I believed that that was the kind of love that I deserved. And that's what I attracted. Even though consciously I could say, oh no, of course I don't want to date a bad guy. Like I want to date a good guy, but do I believe? I mean now, yes, but I had to do a lot of work and a lot of unlearning and a lot of digging as to where these beliefs about love and relationships even came from, which. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's, um, that's, amazing and crazy at the same time within these, you know, each of these experiences, um, you know, traumatic relationships that you had, were you seeing a lot of like common denominators or, you know, similarities between your, your childhood experiences with your parents? And then you saw like certain qualities <laughs> show up. Yeah. 
I know it's so weird like my mom dated this guy for so many years and like it was just never an even like part equal partnership and I look back at like these traits and my partners and they were so much they mirrored the things that I witnessed and I saw how unhappy my mom was and I still recreated that situation because it was familiar it was known mm -hmm. It all comes down to just knowing your self-worth and knowing yourself. And that's the thing I'm working on. Like, oh yeah, it's maybe it's like everyone needs to, unless you're, you know, you're not fully confident. It's going to be really, really hard to find, you know, someone who's perfectly compatible for you and, you know, understands you. So that's amazing. I mean, I think that at this point in my life that like when I think about relationships, ones that are successful versus not, um, I think that it takes us doing the work on ourselves to become whole, to heal our childhood shit that we all have, um, like everyone has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when we don't make that time or take that time for ourselves to understand ourselves, to know ourselves, to go through all that, then we have holes within us, mm -hmm. right? We're incomplete. And so we seek something outside of ourselves to feel complete and to feel whole but then it's still you're still not whole you're looking outside of yourself it's when two whole people come together that we can create a union that is healthy and harmonious but otherwise it's just like constantly seeking and what can you give me how can you validation yeah you know I mean? so so true amen sister um yeah, I mean, I want to understand, like, when did you start to create your platform and your application? I know you said that after, um, you know, your your last toxic relationship, that was like the end for you. So was this the beginning of, you know, your platform and teaching? And I know you traveled. Just love to learn a little bit more about, you know, really what inspired that for you. So I've always traveled and been creative i'm an artist by nature i even after high school like i moved to paris because i wanted to work in fashion and like i didn't know wow. anyone to speak french i just was like i'm going and that's been a theme in my life like um so i got my teacher training certification when i was 18 to teach yoga and i moved to costa rica i decided I, just, I wanted to live there i wanted to live in the jungle and just like make yoga my life at that point I was I I was I just turned 20 like I was 19 just turned 20 when I got there and Costa Rica man that was a really rough place for me too really so we're gonna get into some okay shit. okay okay <laughs> I'm ready so I moved there um and I was out one night at this point, I had been teaching yoga, but just started and like, I still had a lot of healing to do. I, I found yoga because I was super depressed and like, didn't have purpose in direction in life. And yoga was the first thing that I found that reinvigorated me and gave, gave me a sense of like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and I was like, I need more of this, <laughs> whatever this is, I need more. It's pretty amazing. So I dove in started teaching yoga and then um i was in la and i was just like i don't want to be here anymore i moved to costa rica so i'd been there for and a little you were bit of alone just to get caught. i was alone yeah okay. i just i went by myself and you were 20. barely spoke um spanish i learned there so i met a friend and she was from the Dominican Republic Ruby um, I remember her um, she didn't speak that much English but we still like got along and we went out one night and you know we just were dancing and we were drinking and just mm -hmm. like having fun and my drink got spiked I got drugged and I mean, thank God I don't remember that much of what happened, but I woke up the next day, the next morning in a stranger's house to a strange man penetrating me from behind and not knowing where the fuck I was or who was on me. I started screaming and he shoved his hand over my mouth. Are you kidding? I like 
pushed him off of me and grabbed my clothes. I had to run out the back door and crawl under a fence to get out. Mm. And I'm like wearing my clothes from the night before. And I almost like didn't even register what had just happened. You're you're in shock. I was in shock. I couldn't believe that that would happen to me. But, you know, on some very deep level, like, I did believe that something like that could happen to me. I had no self-worth whatsoever. And that showed up in this situation. I attracted somebody who was going to take advantage of that and who could see that, whether they were conscious of it or not. So, it took I love, me I'm like, so sorry. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you don't have anything to be sorry for. No, but just I- out of compassion that is beyond traumatizing, disgusting, and so inhuman, I, I yeah. don't I, – I just don't understand. And then, like, People. I mean, the man must be broken inside. Oh. So sad to even have to consider doing that to anybody. I walked home, and I don't even know how long I cried in the shower oh or – and then I like completely blocked it out of my like post-traumatic stress. Yeah, PTSD. So that happens. I don't tell anybody about it. I don't say anything to anyone. I just want to like forget completely. Meanwhile, then I start. Da- I, I met this guy, and like I did not like him when I met him. I was like, this guy is such an asshole. And of course, we start dating. Yeah. <laughs> before <laughs> how it usually uh, works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, somebody much older than me, and like had his own slew of like anger management issues, drug addiction, like all kinds of like bad shit. And I was like, where? Oh, I- with this guy where in costa were you by the way i lived in santa Teresa. okay okay just curious yeah i mean it was i loved it but it was a rough rough time for me so even in that relationship like it was abusive and like i don't want to like speak badly about this person but just the the age dynamic i think had a lot to do with the power play and yeah you were 20 and he was 35. Oh, yeah. And so he's like, this is my town. And like, you listen to me. And I was just, I was scared. Like, I really was. And it wasn't like a good dynamic. Um, You know, there was definitely like physical abuse there and sexual abuse there. And I just kind of thought it was like a part of the deal. Like, I thought that's kind of what happened. And I didn't know how to say anything to anyone because I didn't want to admit that that was even going on in my life. And I didn't know what to do to change it. Do you think it's because, you know, you didn't have maybe the resources and tools when you were younger? I mean, a part of it is like, you know, you watched your parents and their relationship and maybe you didn't have, you know, a mom or father figure to explain like, this is not (laughs) love. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable, you can- I was also very like- headstrong and like my parents could see that this was a bad relationship and my dad was like you need to get out of Costa Rica mm-hmm. and like leave this guy and I was like well because you're telling me to I'm gonna do the opposite and I'm yeah. staying here. and <laughs> yeah. so he was like I'm cutting you off and then I lived off of garbanzo beans out of a can for a while because I had no money um <laughs> Becky. I know I put myself through some shit so anyways I knew the relationship needed to end and this is another crazy story and i but i had no idea how so i came across the book the secret which like it literally flew off the shelf and landed at my feet and i i know it's crazy and i devoured it and i had actually watched the movie in like middle school my teacher yeah i was like what is this this is amazing and i was like okay I know what the end result is. The end result is we are breaking up in two weeks and it's going to be his idea and he's going to drive me to the airport because it was like either a six hour drive or like a 12 hour bus ride. Yeah. And that's going to be the end of it. I knew what the end result needed to be. And I, in my mind, just prayed and focused on that being the case. So he and I had already been having, like, a shit relationship, screaming, yelling, fighting, like, not good. We weren't happy. And it was New Year's Eve, 
And we were like, all right, let's just put everything behind for tonight and just go out and like have a good time and enjoy this. So we had a great time. I remember there was like a foam party and like bubbles everywhere. And we're like, New Year's amazing. And I like let go of Mm. my intense focus on this desire. Next day, going to my first yoga class of the year. I'm so excited. And he was going to go to a photo shoot because he was a photographer. And I'm on my scooter and he's on his motorcycle. And I start going and just thinking like how happy I am and like, okay, maybe things are going to be better now. And then he zooms past me on his bike and I'm like, Hey, like I'm going to catch up to you. And I start going way faster than I should have. And I hit a rock. I grab my front brake and I get thrown off of my scooter. I am not smart. And I was only wearing my helmet on my head and not buckled in. So my helmet flew off and I broke the fall with my face and my entire right side of my body was just covered in road rash. And like, I looked like a monster. It was awful. I was unconscious. Someone found me like it was, where was your boyfriend? He was gone. He flew by. He didn't even see any of this happen. So, and he doesn't, he doesn't think to check behind him. Nope. So I like, could you please, I was literally on the ground, I heard this like quad engine. I'm like, are you the man? Are you the man? Like screaming in Spanish, like help me. <laughs> she comes, she finds me. I'm like, go find him. She finds him. We go to a clinic, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, I'm like, I can't walk for a week. I can't get out of bed. He like completely shifted and started like taking care of me and like saw this, you know, tragic experience and like I could have died if I hit a car if I hit a tree like who knows and um I remember the first day that I could like get up and walk basically I was like okay I've been staying at his house because I couldn't take care of myself and I was like all right I need to go home and like change and get new clothes and stuff and I remember he sat on the bed and was like it's time for you to go home like you need to go back home and I'm going to take you back home to the U S or the U S and I'm going to take you, I'm going to drive you to the airport and we're leaving tomorrow. And I'm trying to hide my excitement because I knew that we needed to break up. But at the same time, I was scared. Like I really was scared. I don't know what, like what he could, he could do. Mm. And so I was like, you were kind of waiting on his, you know, permission. I said I wanted it to be his idea and him to take me to the airport. So I pack up everything that I can fit in my suitcase. Mind you, I've been living there for over a year. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't say goodbye to anybody. I literally just got in the car and left and like Good for you. Dad and was like, I need to take it home. Like I'm leaving. I'm on my way now. He's like, all right, let's go. And he drove me to the airport and I left the next day. And a few months had gone by and I like finally looked back at everything that happened and it was two weeks to the day that I said that we're going to break up. And it took that horrific for him to realize like, oh shit, we like, I need to end this. Like this isn't working. But like, thank God that that happened, even though it was tragic, I needed that Mm. basically to move forward later on in life I had a reading and this woman was like you're activated by chaos and I was like oh yeah, yeah. I maybe need to not yeah. do that <laughs> Re- rewrite <laughs> the narrative <laughs> exactly. now I don't thankfully have to wait until this shit literally hits the fan and if things are as bad as possible to make a change I can become mm-hmm. aware of it ahead of time and adjust accordingly wow that that's a lot to happen in one year. Yes. How long, like when you got back to the United States, I mean, first of all, I feel like you have this, you have this PTSD that you never really fully, you know, healed from. Mm -hmm. And perhaps you kind of took that pain with you through that last relationship in Costa with the older guy. And then what was it like, you know, coming back to the United States and you know, what was your process of kind of like understanding what happened? I mean, honestly, it took me six years to be able to like 
it was just like one day I remembered and I don't know. I think it was, you know, our body's coping mechanism. Right. And like, I didn't have the tools to process or handle that experience until six years later. And I told my cousin, she was the first person I told, I was like, Hey, by the way, I'm, think this happened like I'm not making this up and like as soon as I opened up to it I began to remember more and I mean the process was first acknowledging the experience and not denying it because that's not going to help anyone heal um and then doing a lot of forgiveness a lot a lot a lot for myself and for the other person too, forgiving so that I'm not holding on to the, the grudges, that negative energy and not storing it. And it's still like a process. It's been 10 years, but like, you know, it has an effect. Our bodies hold memories and it's taken me a lot to be comfortable and I'm still working on it, like open feeling. <laughs> like um, vulnerable or trusting in an intimate experience. So yeah, but the biggest thing that I really want people who are listening to understand is that we do not have to be defined by these circumstances or experiences that we go through. They don't have to take away from who you are and they don't have to stop you from living your life and following your dreams and being your best self and like truly allowing yourself to live life because you know fucked up shit happens all the time but it's not you know why is this happening to me it's mm. why is this happening for me and what can i learn from this and how can i grow and what part did i have in creating mm. this how can i never create this again and yeah. learn forward. I love, love what you said about kind of switching the narrative there on why is this happening to me, which is a little bit more in that victim mode. And then mm-hmm. just switching one word, it kind of changes the power of the phrase. Like, you know, oh. why is this happening for me? And I think sometimes really traumatic situations, unfortunately, have to happen in order for us to really level up spiritually, like physically, you know, emotionally on every single level. And I just feel like having a community of people, women and men who have gone through horrible situations like sexual abuse or harassment, um, you know, I think having each other just to listen to and to talk with is one of the most important things. Um, And I'm just curious, you know, from your experience, I'm curious just to hear if, you know, you felt like it really had a huge impact on, you know, other areas of your life? I mean, I think because I was in denial for so long, like I was still unhappy and like I couldn't face myself and I wasn't being honest with myself. And if you're not honest with yourself, you know, like you're not going to be living in alignment with truth and who you are because you're lying to yourself. And that's hard to be honest with yourself. It's hard to own up to your shit and to like, to take that personal responsibility. I don't know if it, I mean, I, I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is like the relationships that I had until like I said, I got to that breaking point of like, I need to do some work on like why I'm attracting Mm. these relationships that aren't serving me or like making me feel good. Um, but I think one of the most powerful practices and a lot of the healing that helped me so much, I learned from one book that was like totally revolutionary at the time that I found it, um, called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And she shared her personal story of something, I mean, similar in her own right, that she went through sexual abuse and that turned later into um, cancer. And and she healed herself from cancer using forgiveness, affirmations, meditation, eye gazing, like all of these tools and practices that I was like, that's, I mean, coming back to your question from earlier, that's why I created the how, because I was Mm. wondering how, how do I heal? How do I feel better? How do I feel better in my body? How do I feel better in my mind? And I just wanted to know how. And the yeah. 
know, and manifesting, they're like, don't worry about the how, focus on the end. And I'm like, okay, but how? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's called the how, because it's like, this is what I used. These are really the practices I used to like transform myself and feel better and feel empowered. Um, but one, like, one phrase, one exercise that I use constantly because I always need it <laughs> is, and you fill it in with like, you go down a list of all the people that need forgiving, including yourself. And so the phrase goes, I forgive you for not being the person I wanted you to be. Mm. I forgive you and I set you free. And in setting you free, I set myself free. So, you know, you go, mom, I forgive you for not being the person I want you to be. Dad, brother, like boss, whoever it is. It's like we have these expectations of what other people should be and how they should be us. But we either don't communicate that or, you know, it's not. So by forgiving, you release those expectations that you hold. And also it's just it it removes that energetic bond. Absolutely. Like the cord cutting, it just, it's a freedom. It's a release. It's a letting go. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't forgive someone, then it's kind of like they still have that power over you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's huge. I mean, I have some people who are, they're like, Sky, like, how are you so forgiving? And it's, it's for myself. Like it's It's a selfish move. Like I, I forgive, (laughs) I release, I let go and I move on. And now it's a learning lesson. And I think that's beautiful. Also, Mickey, I love, I love why you created the how because I think from you can listen to podcasts or read books, and especially as 20-something-year-olds, you know, we're we're still really young and there's a lot to learn. And I think you can hear stories and people can say, Oh, I just did a lot of self-work. But it, it's like, how? What does that mean? What does that look like? Let's get like really detail-oriented here because it just seems very, very like woo-woo and just like a story or a movie. It's just more feasible when someone's actually explaining the specific steps. And that's why I think it's so powerful and amazing that you've created such an amazing, wonderful application. Yeah. And I think I would love to learn like a little bit more about, you know, what were the steps that you took, the how for really how you were able to fully heal and, and what made you ready for a beautiful relationship. I think the one that you're probably in right now. The first step, I mean, is awareness. And to develop awareness, meditation is an incredible tool because it just allows you to turn your your attention from outside, which is where we spend the majority of our attention, right? Outside of ourselves, how we look, who we're interacting with, what we're doing, where we're going. And instead, flip it internal, observe yourself, witness yourself. And can you observe yourself without judgment, without commentary? Like that in itself is a huge accomplishment and it just takes time and practice. Of course, at first, meditation is hard. It's scary. It's challenging. It's, there's resistance because yep. you have to sit with you and there's no yes. There's no one else to blame. It's you and you and you. (laughs) Yeah, meditation is challenging. I try Mm -hmm. to do it like at least like once a day, but it's the process. I just like hear my my internal chatter and I'm like, Skylar, Mm -hmm. stop talking. It's hard. Well, I want you to know that you don't have to quiet the voice in your mind. I just want you to observe. So we observe ourselves and just through observation, we witness patterns and patterns are just the same thought that we've told ourselves or thought over and over and over. And the thought turns into the belief and the belief impacts your life. Like, do you believe that the world is an unfriendly place to be and that strangers are bad? That's probably going to be your experience. Do you believe that the world is friendly and people are inviting and helpful? then that's probably going to be your experience. But how would you know unless you become aware of yourself? So that's the first step, awareness. Where do, what are your beliefs? What are your thoughts? What is going on inside your head all the time? Know it. Know the tone of your voice. And like, where does your mind go when it wanders? Are you constantly drifting off into the past? Are you constantly worried about the future? So awareness is everything. And from that point of awareness, then you can start to make the changes that you need. Then you can start to remove the old limiting beliefs that are not helping you get anywhere and choose, consciously choose, deliberately choose 
your new thoughts, your new beliefs that do support you to where you want to go. Like I said, it's called the work for a reason, you know yeah. what I mean? It's time and it can be hard and confrontational. So that's huge. Journaling is an amazing tool to like just understand yourself better. I find personally like when I'm when something's in my mind, it's like yeah. overwhelming and abstract and like larger than life. And I'm like, ah, I can't even get a hold of it. Overwhelming. I'm overwhelmed. I have so much to do. But it's like, okay, what do I really have to do? I write it down. It's like, oh, I have to do three things. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So totally. like Writing it, seeing it physically concrete is helpful. Um, I teach a workshop about like changing our narrative threads. So awesome. And um, yeah, re-implementing new beliefs. But again, Louise, hey, I love her. She's amazing. She's amazing. Um, Yeah, and I I, I would love to just add one thing because I think mindset is everything. And I had an episode with Rebecca Lay Health. She's like, you know, a holistic nutritionist, but we talked a lot about, you know, mindset and we really have the power to change our mindset and create our reality. So I think that is just spot on. And I'm curious, you know, once you meditate and you're really aware of your, you know, of your initial thoughts, do you ever like journal maybe like an old belief and then what you're really, you know, how you're changing the narrative and what that sounds like. So you're able to kind of repeat that to yourself whenever that old belief comes up. So one exercise you can do is when journaling on one page and you can start off because sometimes if it's too broad, it's like yeah, too overwhelming. Too much. One area of your life. So let's say it's love or relationships, or maybe it's money, or maybe it's family, whatever it is, whatever you have beliefs about. Write down, or, or your, your body image, that's a huge Yeah, one. huge. Like how we view ourselves. Write down your beliefs about yourself, and you got to be honest. And it might be like, I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy, I don't deserve this, or it's hard to make money, or people don't really like me. Like, what are those nasty thoughts that you have in your mind about who you are and what you believe? Writing it down is hard, but at the same time, like once you write it, you're like, oh wait, this is kind of silly that I yeah. even myself. <laughs> like this isn't even true. Like who believes this? Who's believing this? Not me. So you get it down on paper, you look at it, and then cross it out, get angry, get rid of it. And then on the other side or on a new piece of paper, you'll write down your new belief, which is like, okay, if it's I'm not good enough. The, the new belief that's empowering, it's uplifting. You want it to feel good and a little scary because it's new. It's like, I am more than enough. Mm-hmm. Or if it's like, it's hard to make money. Money flows to me easily and frequently. Mm-hmm. Or whatever the belief is, find the opposite, make it a positive present statement so that it can be an affirmation. So that when you catch yourself drifting off into those old thought patterns that are not supportive and you'll know because it doesn't feel good when you're yep. thinking that way, awareness will tell you you're not feeling good then you find you have your affirmation it's in your back pocket you know what it is and you tell yourself i am worthy i am worthy i am more than enough until you start to believe it yourself because our beliefs are just thoughts that are repeated over and over and over until it becomes a stronger neural network Mm. our brains are plastic they can change and move and you know we can let go of old things and recreate new ones like we're constantly changing and shifting and we get to choose the change if we decide to yeah it's pretty pretty spectacular thank you mickey i'm i'm also just curious you know from your experiences uh, some of your traumatic experiences if you could go back in time perhaps maybe right after that incident happened in Costa Rica, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, man. I would give myself a huge hug. You can do this. Keep going. It gets better. And, yeah, just I'm glad that I found that yogic path at a young age and really started to understand that our lives are just an external projection Mm -hmm. of our internal reality and that I have more control over my internal state than I believed because I let everyone else have a say in who I was and how I felt and it wasn't me and it didn't feel good because it wasn't coming from within. So yeah, just 
the inward journey and just keep going. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm also curious, did you have a support system at that age? You know, did you have any mentors or maybe friends or older friends that you looked up to and you could kind of maybe perhaps get a little bit of support throughout that journey? No, No, not really. I always was like, I'm a lone wolf. I don't need Mm -hmm. anyone. I really like tried to bolster myself up a lot. And like, I mean, it's not to like share anyone else's story, but like, I, I told you, like, I wrote a blog post about my experience a few years ago, one, when the Me Too movement kind of came out and I felt like I finally had a voice that I could speak out and it was so scary. I mean, I deleted it. It didn't last long, but (laughs) I told my mom, uh, I I, before I was going to like post on the internet, I was like, I guess I should probably like tell my family that this happened. That was hard. I mean, it had been some time, but I called my mom and told her, hey, by the way, remember when I lived in Costa Rica, like this happened. And she told me that it gave her permission to tell her mom about the experience that happened to her as a child. And it, you know, it was a healing moment for all of us. It brought us together. And it was scary, of course, but ultimately it was freeing and empowering. I literally just got the chills. Like I wish my, my jacket wasn't so (laughs) tight, but like that, that is so beautiful. And like, that's like why I have you on regardless because it's community. Oh, it's gorgeous. (laughs) Um, Mickey. So I want to close this episode out with syllabus steps. Um, and I know we kind of got really a step-by-step guide, um, to really the how and how you were able to heal, but I know that you have a little bit more juice left in you. Um, but yeah, but syllabus steps is really a time for us to recap what we've learned from your journey and how we can actually integrate your insight and beautiful perspective into our own personal lives, whether, um, whether or not we have experienced rape or, you know, sexual abuse or harassment and even just traumatic relationships Um, So really what specific tools, books, resources, practices have helped you discover self-compassion regarding the trauma and abuse you did experience and what helped you really embrace the healing process and help you rise above the trauma you experienced and how can we 20-somethings really not let these adversities define us um, or stop us from really showing up as who we truly are? Well, we're all going to go through our own challenging experiences that's just a part of life and I find that the most growth can stem from those moments if we choose to find the lessons Mm. number one developing some awareness of your belief systems and understanding where your beliefs come from identifying them so that you can make a change letting go of the old beliefs and choosing new ones that support you for how you want to live life and experience it. I think that's huge. Tools that help, journaling, mm-hmm. meditation, any kind of mindfulness practices. Those have been the ones that have cat- given me the catalyst to really transform in a big way and not just this like bandage over the symptoms, but mm-hmm. like getting down to the root, which is what we want to make real lasting change. Um, a few people who are amazing and have really helped me on my journey. Like I said, Louise Hay was a really big spiritual teacher for me. Eckhart Tolle, power of being, of just being present, um, a new earth. Dr. Joe Dispenza is an amazing resource. He has a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, which is an excellent read and also becoming supernatural. Um, The meditation app that I first used to learn how to meditate is called One Giant Mind. And my teacher, Johnny, he's the one who founded it. He is just like not even of this earth. He's just an incredible teacher and guide. And I still continue to learn from him. And forgiveness, forgiving yourself is huge. Forgiving the people around you and forgiveness doesn't, equate to justification Mm. like that it's for you it's to free yourself it's to free your mind and your heart from holding on to anything that is just heavy you don't need to hold on to it anymore 
I give you permission to let go. Ah, oh, you're amazing. I love <laughs> all of that. Oh, you're just so, such a superhuman and beyond beautiful inside and out, Mickey. It's, you're incredible. Um, so I think just to finish out this episode, this is my last question for you. It's a fill in a blanker. So <laughs> fill in the blank, regardless of blank, I am blank. Regardless of sexual abuse, I am thriving. Oh, so juicy and <laughs> gummy in every way possible. Mickey, thank you so much, my love. Just human to human, I thank you for showing up, being brave to share your story and have your, you know, your trauma and experiences just be a support system and a story and love for you know, another human on this planet. And just thank you for sharing with me in, in my regardless community. You are amazing. Your strength is so inspiring. And I feel so ready just to take on this day and, yes. it and know <laughs> that I really have the power to create my own reality. And just, you know, it's a reminder just to continue to work on myself and the internal work. And, you know, it's worth it. It's so worth it because I look at people like you and, you know, you're, you're a rock star and you're a role model and just thank you. Yes. I mean, it's been 10 years of like doing this work, but being on the other side of victim mentality to where I am now, like I can guarantee you it is worth the challenge once you overcome yourself. (laughs) And can you imagine like if we can all experience similar growth that you had and the internal work that you kind of experienced, how freaking awesome we're going to be comparison from 20 years old to 30. Mm. Well, it just keeps getting better. Like I was a little scared of turning 30, but I freaking love it. And so just keep going. (laughs) You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. I love you. Thanks for listening to regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin. Thank you for tuning in to Regardless. Now go kick some ass.